All right, a quick plug before we get into the uh, Ableton Rap podcast. The Ableton Rap podcast is brought to you by the Creed 1870com That is the Creed 1870com That is the uh, home base for everything that is the Ableton Rap podcast as well as all the other content and merchandise and writing that is coming. Uh, this site is very, very new. There's not much there yet, but um, we're slowly building towards um, something um, really big. There was a store opening with some um, gear and um, and as well as uh, more podcasts and more content. So uh, keep an eye on that site and as well as our socials. Uh, we're at The Creed on Facebook, on Instagram and Twitter. We appreciate everyone that's following already and um, yeah, get around us. So yeah, let's get into the pod. There it is! It's all over! Port Adelaide! They had the power to win! And it was very much history in the making today! Alrighty, Alberton Rap Podcast coming at you tonight with a preview for this weekend's Port Adelaide versus Essendon match at the Adelaide Oval, uh, 4.35pm Alberton Standard Time. That game is happening this weekend on Saturday, uh, so we're going to get into a bit of preview here just for a little bit on this lovely Thursday evening here in South Australia. I'm uh, recording this a bit, uh, bit before 11pm on Thursday evening, uh, so we'll get into a bit of a preview here and uh, talk about a few things just for the next half hour with... What's happening this week in the AFL and um, and what's going on with Port this weekend as well and hopefully preview what will be another important win as Port's march towards the finals continues. Uh, I was, uh, so yes, as I mentioned before, recording this late Thursday evening, I did, um, I went out for a, a birthday uh, dinner for my brother uh, before and watched, uh, kept an eye on a bit of the West Coast St Kilda game while I was at that dinner and then got home to watch the last quarter properly. Uh, just to see what was, you know, keeping an eye on, um, especially both teams uh, playing for finals, uh, but West Coast particularly, one of the teams that is uh, hovering, uh, just pop, pop themselves back into the top four uh, with that win, a late win against St Kilda. Um, players dropping like flies for West Coast in particular. They got a few outs already, and then they um, um, lost uh, Jeremy McGovern uh, in, the, in the game as well with a hamstring injury that looks like it could possibly be um, uh, one that will keep him out for a while. But uh, regardless of that, uh, West Coast actually, I, I got home, um, I listened, I got home a bit into the last quarter and I was listening to the game as I was driving home, um, a short drive from uh, between uh, from Angerston to New Yorkta here in the Barossa Valley, uh, driving home, listening to it. And uh, St. Kilda kicked kicked a couple of quick goals after what was an absolute arm wrestle in the third quarter and um, and got themselves uh, ahead by a goal. And I thought, oh, you know, St. Kilda running over the top here, you know. West Coast, uh, a bit leggy and missing, uh, you know, obviously missing one of their key defenders. I thought, oh, no, St. Kilda running over. But to West Coast credit, they got back into it. And what um, what this means for Port Adelaide was if, if West Coast had lost this game, uh, our top four spot would be absolutely secure without having to uh, going into this weekend's game. As it is now, uh, West Coast are um, a game behind us in fourth at the moment with only a game left to play. So, look, I'm very confident and very comfortable in our position on top of the ladder. But just for the mathematicians out there that want us to know where we're at at this current moment, we're still not even guaranteed a top four spot yet because uh, the worst case scenario is we lose our last couple of games and uh, Richmond went out, West Coast went out. Uh, now, West Coast, it would be a percentage 
dependent with West Coast. So it's it's one of those. It is such a minute chance, but as we go into talking about our match this week again against Essendon, it just does that add that extra importance. And yeah, a win still just guarantees that top four spot at least now, and it obviously sets us up for being able to win that last match against Collingwood and cement top two and hopefully top spot. Um, you know how depending our percentage and all that thing, those things shake out. But our percentage is healthy enough at the moment. Second only to Geelong with their phenomenal percentage at this stage of the season. Um, benefiting from spanking a few teams, us included. Um, but, you know, it's um, it's important just to keep an eye on the mathematical equations and see where we can end up. So, you know, absolute worst-case scenarios. We, we drop out of the top four, which would take some monumental collapses on our part and some win, a big win for West Coast, but in the last round. So, look, these are just the things we have to keep an eye on, and um, I was keeping an eye on that game uh, this evening uh, as I was having dinner and whatnot just to see where that would end up as I was going into this preview tonight. So... Enough about that. We do have Essendon this weekend um, in a game that, again, it just it, we need to. Uh, it, it, it's important a team like Essendon. Uh, I guess we'll let's talk about Essendon first. Um, what a week! Look, they've had a rough week. Um, they've been spank- they were spanked by Geelong last week. One of those teams that has very much helped Geelong's uh, wonderfully healthy percentage of them. Uh, and they've had a rough week in the media since. Um, a few things happened in that game. There was a, you know, they were down by 59 points at halftime. And uh, there was a well-publicized circul- circul- um, circulated photo of, uh, I believe it was Irving Mosquito, uh, was telling a joke at halftime and the players were laughing. And then obviously it didn't come across as a good look that the players were having a laugh in the huddle um, at halftime of a game that they were being spanked by 10 goals at halftime. Um so they've been, you know, beaten from pillar to post about that in the media, um, and they've had the they've had the wonderful thing about, you know, it's one of those things that happens in AFL media is um, former players come out and speak about the team they used to play for, and when it's names like Dean Wallace, you know, a dual premiership defender for Essendon, and you know, was part of that like wonderfully uh, dominant two thousand premiership team. And uh, Matthew Lloyd as well, who's um, you know obviously well known for his footy career, but well known in the media now. And both of them coming out uh, scathing, really. Um, Dean Wallace in particular, I think he said something like, you know, um, Essendon are the greatest imposters in the AFL. If there was an imposter Olympics, they'd get gold, silver, and bronze. <laughs> like, I don't know, I don't know exactly how that analogy came about in his head, but it 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 is scathing. It is it is. It is uh, pulling no punches uh, for his former club. Um, he also went on to say that uh, he will not be attending premiership reunion functions or any club functions until he sees change at the club because he's that disgusted by it. It's just, you know, these these are pulling no punches. And you know, Matthew Lloyd was just coming out and saying how disappointed he was in the culture. And, and Dean Wallace said more about the culture at the club. He said that from what he's speaking to of people at the club, there's no life. Uh, there's just no life there, and it's just really soulless, I guess, and just just scathing from former players about their club. And uh, it's a rough week for Essendon, you know, coming off that loss. And they, you know, they're in decent position, at, you know, around around seven, around eight. You know, they had a game in hand, um, and you 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 thought. Uh, and they were in, they were sitting in the top eight with the game in hand, and it just looked like oh, they're comfortable just to you know get and. The, get a few wins uh, on the board, just keep winning games here. And they, they comfortably get into the finals and the second half of the season really hasn't gone well. I think it's only two wins in the last since round seven or eight. 
and uh, those coming against Adelaide, which we had, they had to squeak that one out at a time when Adelaide were uh, not the team that they have turned into in the last couple of weeks. And um, then they had that admittedly great storming come from behind win against Essendon, but then that also covers the fact that, uh, sorry, against Essendon then, uh, against Hawthorne um, that Essendon had. But it also, um, you know, hides the fact that they did go down by 36, 40 points in that game before they had to make that great comeback. It's the one thing about great comebacks is you also had some problems to get yourself into that position. Um, but, you know, it was a great comeback, needless to say. But it's still Hawthorne then went on to be the first team to be beaten by Adelaide and they're just they're having a rough trot at the moment. So it's their last half of the season hasn't been great and it was compounded by that spanking by Geelong and then this week of utter horror in the media, you know, and then they're doing this thing with, um, you know, Worsfold's coach, but he's kind of not really coach. It's Ben Rutten's team from next year, and he's there basically doing this game strategy stuff, and Worsfold's just the front of house kind of manager guy, and it's and it's an interesting way to run a club, and it's um you're never going to get things perfect at that rate. And, and, you know, it's just the messaging coming out about how it's hard to, you know, it's been a hard year to implement with game plans, but then, you know, the the critics of that, Line of, line of thinking is that, well, other teams have done it. You know, um, St Kilda have come out this year and 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 looked like a new team. you got got, you know, Justin Lamire at Fremantle has um, given them some life. And uh, and so it's not – critics are saying it's not really an excuse. You know, if if you've got the talent and you've got the coach and you've got a plan, um, you should we should see signs of it. And um, Essendon have really, this week leading up to the Port Adelaide game, have really been copping it from, you know, whether it be the media and and a mixture of media or former players. And in the case of Matthew Lloyd, it's a media and a former player. And um, for Essendon, it's been a rough week. And that leads us into their playing our Port Adelaide uh, football club. And <laughs> when they'd already been spanked by Geelong, I said, oh, God damn, we've got to play a team that's just been spanked. Because it, it's it's often the way, you know, you play a team that's just been absolutely spanked and embarrassed and they're going to come out looking for, you know, they're going to they're gonna want to prove themselves a little bit um, if they've got pride in their team, you know. Um, and then they've had the week they've had in the media as well. I'm like, God, they've just putting all this, you know, locker room material out there, you know, former players and they've already got the sting of that loss in their in their back pocket as well, and you just sit there and think, "Oh God, we got to play them now." <laughs> that is, that is just the the panicky side of my fandom. I am that kind of person that I try to prepare. My, I'm mentally, I'm the kind of person that prepares myself for the worst, so that I'm ready for it when it happens. But then, hopefully, it doesn't happen, and you know, everything's sweet as gravy. But um, yeah, I've just been watching all this thing stuff with keen interest this week, and uh, and then there's obviously the membership numbers came out in Essendon were one of the teams that had the one of the most dramatic uh, downturns in their membership numbers. I think it was twenty six percent down from the year previous. I think they have eighty four thousand members in twenty nineteen, and around the sixty six thousand mark this year. Um, obviously, still a great mark, a mark that Port Adelaide hasn't been at, but um, you know, the membership base is over in Victoria, very strong for some of the the, the traditional. Uh, big clubs, so there's a significant downturn and uh, just compounds a week that they've had. Um, so this leads us to Port Adelaide. Port Adelaide have to come up against this team. Um, it's saying all that and saying how worried I am about a team that's looking to bounce back. I just Essendon's game plan isn't there yet. Um, I don't see I don't see a way into this game. You know, one of the little live wires that 
um, that has sparked some interest in Essen in the last couple of weeks. Evan Mosquito sadly went down with injury. I was looking forward to I'm going to the game this weekend. I was looking forward to seeing him uh, in person. Unfortunately, you won't see that. And uh, But maybe fortunately for Port's uh, uh, prospects from the game. But I don't think we needed to worry regardless of what, because the game plan just isn't there for us. And I don't see a way through for them if Port Adelaide put the best game on the field. And I think we saw signs last week. Look, the Kangaroos game was hit and miss. You'll see in my slightly uh, inebriated review that I put up um, a day or so ago on the feed as I'm getting this feed going. Um, I It was a game of a very, very Jekyll and Hyde um, in the in the sense of how good we looked at times and then how utterly fumbly and, and out of touch with the out of touch with the footy we looked at other times. It wasn't consistent, but there were signs there of when Port Adelaide get their game going um, and the brave football we are are capable of playing that it, it is it is very easy for us to overrun a team. And I think Essendon's, Essendon's defense obviously got um, really really rocked last week by an assault by the um, Geelong uh, Geelong mids and forwards. And while they might be have a bit of sting in their tail to try and not see that happen to them again. I just think that with, you know, we've got Charlie Dixon, um, he rounding into some form again. He's been in pretty good form all year, but there was those few weeks with Toddy Marshall out that um, he was a real, really had a lot of attention from defenders and not much else to for the defenders to do was just stop Charlie and there wasn't enough tools around to to take that away from him. But now we've got Marshalls back in and um, I'm hoping we see Laddams come back in this week. Obviously he served his three-week ban for the, Unfortunate COVID breach, COVID protocol breaches. Um, so, and I think he's he was playing well enough beforehand to come back in. I think if he's obviously uh, body right and fit and ready to go, uh, he should be coming back in. You know, we're gonna. Um, I mean, just quickly touching on selection. I think you know we've got Burton, Burton out with injury, Butters out with suspension. So two forced changes there. Um, I I can't see Sutcliffe being back in the mix. So I would say that's three changes are coming in. So. Uh, Sam Mays has looked good in his, his de- uh, when he's had to de- um, deputise for defenders that have been out this year. Obviously, Burton, he, he's done it for Burton already this year, so I'd expect him to come back in. Um, Ebert's apparently fit again, and though you know he's been up and his form hasn't been great since he's been trying to come back from these head knocks, but um, I think he, as a veteran, he's good enough to come back in and just solidify um, with the team a little bit. Um, I think, and I think he's. If he's fit to go, I'd, I'd trust Ebert to come back in. And uh, we've got Laddams, Ebert, and yeah, and then Laddams in as well. Um, and, you know, that second, I think Port want to have that second ruck option. And, and Laddams, particularly as the tall timber in the forward line, who's surprisingly nimble and can kick a kick a banana from the pocket there like he did against Richmond. And, you know, just that he's got a bit of that youthful live wire um, um Ability and and ability with the ball for a big man is um is key because you know he can handle it well and um and just and have that little bit of X factor with his with his size is something that's um and have just just really like a plus for this this team and the squad and you know um it's obvious that we've we had a little bit of worries about Lysett's knee and his durability going into final. So having Laddams into form and playing footy at the at this level um, going into finals is what we need. So obviously he hasn't been out with any injury, so fitness shouldn't be a problem. He's just been out for the obvious suspension. So I'm hoping we see Laddams back in because he needs to get those games under his belt again and get back into the groove of being in the squad because I think Laddams is going to be important in finals, particularly if we do have to... Um, 
see Lysett sit out with any any um, niggles. I'm hoping I'm hoping Lysett's getting on top of his these knee tro- troubles because I like him and I think he's he's incredibly important as well. But um, we do need to make sure we've got Laddams uh, in there as that insurance policy and being able to play with the two rucks if Laddams can Laddams and both Laddams and Lysett can provide other options on the ground is uh, going to be incredibly important. So. Yeah, um, that's where I'm hoping the selections go, but um, that's just my own personal opinion, obviously, anyway. So we'll see how we go with that. Um, as it, uh, pertaining to uh, the game, yeah, I think, I, yeah, I went on to selections thinking about it, but I think, I just think, uh, yeah, forward line um, with Dixon. Having Marshall back there has opened up the opened up the forward line a bit for Dixon, um, and then our Smalls have been uh, really feeding off of that a bit the last few weeks as well. Again, uh, with you know Dixon being a little bit more lethal, and uh, obviously Todd's back there, and and I just think that the the Essendon defence isn't. Um, yeah, I'm not trying to be uh, mean about it, but just not intimidating enough and not strong enough to be able to handle what we've been doing when our footy's been at its best, and it certainly got there last week. Uh, particularly when you've got like um you know Ollie's really getting in some um, vintage form. Boke's been, you know, Boke's just been Boke all year. He's been a class act, and um so we're getting those we're getting a bit of that run forward and and goals from them. You know, the goals are starting to come from a lot more places. And and Robbie and obviously um, Robbie Gray has been rounding into some some of all that more vintage Robbie form we know of. I like it's not something I expect from him week in week out anymore because because of his age and where he's at in his career. Um, you know, you just expect him to do his bits, but he's actually been rounding into some at the start of the year. I'm um, even going past that Carlton game where he kicked that game winner. Otherwise, he was, you know, was, he was quiet, and, and there was a lot of questions about where he where his place was. Um, obviously, not his place in the team, but just what his role and what he was going to give was because he wasn't. He just wasn't going to going to be that six goal, five goal in a showdown, like five goals in a sh- quarter of a showdown kind of player anymore. And um, but he has been, you know, twenty odd touches last week, and it's just like he's getting back into that groove of being able to provide some of that magic and X factor. And when you got Ollie and Boke, you know, getting thirty odd touches, and Rockliffe's getting around to his twenty, and and Robbie's getting those twenty, and then that just opens up the forward line so much more when you got so many lethal mids doing that kind of work. And um, and then just uh, obviously we're missing butters for the next couple of weeks, but. Youth is in there, you know. We haven't even, you know, Rosie's just getting back into the squad, and he's going to have to find some form. But he showed some glimpses last week. He's just got to get a bit more consistency in his game. Dersma's got to get a uh, get to get a bit more consistency, but they're there, and it's just like that's that. It is good to know that we actually have a lot of players that still can give us a lot of improvement as well. Um, so you know, Houston's come back in last week, and he, he's certainly be good for the run again after a couple of weeks off, and we'll be back in this week, and it's just. Uh, We've got a lot of players starting to round in some form again, you know, um, unlike West Coast who are really starting to – and look, we can't, you know, knock on wood that we do we do see no uh, severe injuries or anything like that. But um, our squad's kind of rounding into some fitness at the moment. Um, obviously, Burton's um, sad sad to see him out again, but hopefully it's not so bad this time. And the indications are that uh, the injury's not as bad as previous ones, but he's just managing that one. But, you know, we are – we are a reasonably fit side at the moment with some depth, and you know it's good, good problems to have at the selection table when you have to think about sitting guys like Westhoff and um and you know it's just like obviously he's a veteran and he's been out a bit anyway, but you know when you when you can have those decisions, and I'm sure even the you know these guys that are missing out will understand that that's a good thing. Unfortunately, um, it's part of footy that you know you have a squad size and 
And the the problems you want to have in footy is um, having to have selection dilemmas rather than wondering where where it's going to come from. So uh, it's a good good place to be at Port Adelaide um, at the moment on that front. And um, yeah, I think we'll. I don't see any problems um, dealing with Essendon this weekend. And um, yeah, I'm expecting a solid defo- solid solid performance from the defense as well. It'd be good to um, just. A little bit, of, you know, Joe Danaher is going to be back this week, apparently. Well, they're talking about just making sure he gets through training, but as long as all the indications are right, because I think they rested him last week, and it's all this management thing with Danaher with his wretched last couple of years. But, you know, he's he's he is an X-Factor kind of player um, when he's not sitting down on the, sitting on the fence. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that will provide a challenge for our defenders. Um, there, there is some talent in that Essendon team, and I'm not giving them... Giving them a knock, and I'm not going to hang hang shit on them like the the media have been. Like regardless of where they should be better, but um, there is some talent there that we do have to deal with this weekend, and we can't rest on our laurels. Uh, so it's a good test for us. Um, we should be. This is a game that we should again. Um, you know, Kangaroos. I think we should have won by a bit more. Obviously, uh, we were <laughs> we we're in good position to to do that. But you know, uh, percentage isn't isn't. Uh, drastically important at the moment. We are sitting there with the second best percentage in the comp, but we do need to make sure we don't lose too much of that because, as I mentioned at the, at the head of the pod, that we are um, in that position that, um, you know, while I don't expect any of the mathematical equations are still there, so um, get a percentage boost and, and, and particularly when we're jostling, um, you know, top for the top four and top two, percentage is still going to be um, quite important, I think. Because uh, there's there's only game between a lot of us, a lot of these teams in the top four, and um, percentage could be that little that little kick that gets you uh, into the top two or um, the you know top of the ladder. Out of you know, if we just keep winning, we'll be fine. But um, you know, if we do, if one of these last games is dropped, particularly with that Collingwood game, which I'll get to in a moment. Um, but that Collingwood game that's up at the ga- um, up in Queensland, uh, we do need to make sure that we uh, keep the percentage uh, boosting when we can to just give ourselves, no matter what happens, the best chance wherever we end up on the ladder to to uh, be, have that tie break in our pocket with um, a good, better percentage than the other team around us. So um, with that in mind, look, I'm thinking Port Adelaide. I think obviously that's not a question that would be too good for us. And then I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, 45-point-plus win um, is what I think this team is capable of. Um, quite comfortably, actually, he's capable of it. Um, again, with the season the way it is, uh, it's not what a team's capable of and what's that, what they actually do are often two different things. So, you know, I think this t- team's capable of beating Essendon by 12 goals on their best day, but I think I'm sitting there thinking 45-plus is a comfortable scoreline that we should be able to achieve, even if the game, you know, uh, we... Have that patch in the game where we drop off a little bit and then the intensity drops off. Um, we still should be able to do enough work without with Essendon just being where they are. I think 45 points plus is where we should be aiming for and a uh, comfortable win and it keeps the percentage ticking up a little bit. And um, going into the final week against Collingwood with um, what a game that's still a must win as far as um, locking up top spot in the ladder, but um, at least um, gives us that, you know, we just got that bit of breathing room at the top of the ladder. And, um, you know, a win this week uh, absolutely locks up top four for the first time since uh, 2007. So um, we need to not um, be slashes about how important that is as a club too because it's been a long time since we were finishing um, in the top four. And um, that's a really important step for a club that, you know, a lot of people, a lot of teams wouldn't have, a lot of pundits uh, wouldn't have had us hit in top four this year. And, you know, a lot of Port fans would honestly say they were just hoping to get back into finals. So... 
you know, a win this week is really important for a lot of reasons. Um, no, no less just the momentum heading into finals, but uh, yeah, getting that top four spot uh, solidified for the first time in a long time is um, just a really important step for the club too as we move into the not just this year but the next next few years as well. Just having that yeah, having that in our pocket. So, um, but this year is the most important year. So, yeah. Ah, g'day, Siri. Siri always starts chatting to me at some point during a podcast. By the way, you get used to that. Um, just hears something like I'll say C or something like that, and it just 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 picks up on the you know the the cadence of my voice and um, thinks I'm talking to her. So um, my poor nigga, my phone. I'm with it enough. It shouldn't it shouldn't be looking for any more attention. But it is what it is. Alrighty. So we heard the news this week that um, uh, the the finally we knew what was happening with. Um, the last round of the season, which was all just a floating round, um, waiting on, you know, everything to be, you know, a little bit more clear as it came to the end of the season, which is obvious. Like we, we've dealt with this all year with um, the schedule being released in like little chunks here and there. So, um, I guess the the massively disappointing thing as a Port fan is that to see that we've uh, been drawn against Collingwood up uh, up in Queensland, rather than getting another home game, which we, um, which means out of 17 games played this year. We have had seven at home. Um, it's just... Uh, I don't... There's a few things that bother me, bother me about this. First of all, it's obviously Collingwood. Um, I can't help but think that there's something to do... Something in this that Collingwood... And this is me being biased. And like I'm not going to sit here and say it like, about massive conspiracy theories or anything like that. But certainly... Um, Port Adelaide and Collingwood have a contentious relationship at the moment, mainly over the prison bars issue. And I do wonder if the AFL didn't want to just avoid the uh, obvious spectacle of 15,000 or 20,000 or whatever was allowed to turn up on this day um, by the time it gets to Monday the 21st next week. Because uh, oh, I am guaranteed anyone who has a prison bar knows who's going to turn up making sure they were wearing that for that game. Um, I certainly would have. I've been wearing it um, to every game I've gone to this year and will again this weekend against Essendon. But uh, uh, there's that in mind, and obviously uh, that wouldn't look... <laughs> that would be... Um, you can just imagine how red Eddie's face would get um, seeing that spectacle, and it would have been wonderful. Um, so I do wonder how that came. And obviously, it was Collingwood's home game, I guess, but who knows what a home game is this year anymore like we played a couple of home games in Queensland but and you know the Victorian teams are all having to travel and with this COVID stuff but hey look it's we've all done it over the years um traveled far more than most of the Victorian teams have so um not really going to take that as any excuse for where it's played it's going to be a travel game or other way for Collingwood I just think the AFL um unfortunately hasn't really rewarded Port Adelaide well enough for both this you know, they're having a good season and deserve, and the members deserve to have one more chance to see their team play. And particularly when Adelaide is fine for games and um, it has been fine, uh, it's it's just a weird place we've found ourselves in that we're going to get to end up playing seven at Adelaide Oval. And one of those games was obviously that uh, that um, home showdown, that wonderful game against the Crows where we, we got were able to have, you know, the first team to have fans in the stands um, but it was only 2,000 and obviously I think 180 of those were corporates and then you get another 300, 400 for Crow so it was actually only in essence 1,400 tickets for Port fans or 1,475 I think it broke down to um, I obviously entered the ballot, didn't get lucky um, which you know, fair enough and I'm super happy for everyone that went 
But, you know, we didn't get a massive crowd there, but those that were there made their noise known and I'm very proud of them. Um, but, yeah, we've particularly when Adelaide have actually been able to play 10 games that now I know one of those games obviously port the port home game in the showdown so yeah but they still got some fans there the other home, the other home game um, or non-home game was against Hawthorne in their first win which if you watched that game looked very much like a Crows home game because it was was at Adelaide Oval I know it was Hawthorne's home game on paper but um the Crows fans went there and it was a home game it was a home advantage and and uh it's just unfortunate that Port again have been shafted in this in this sense that, um, you know, with only getting those few and just with Adelaide being so, you know, you've had games that Essendon and Hawthorne have played at Adelaide and Kangaroos and Melbourne or something like that. You know, you've had non-Victorian teams playing, you know, completely non non South Australian sorry non South Australian fixtures played at Adelaide Oval, but um, Port Adelaide have somehow been shafted again. Um, it's not going to matter for us. Like I'm very bullish about that. That we're going to be fine no matter what. We we played great. You know, we put on a great performance when we had to go up into the hub in Queensland for a few weeks there earlier in the season and um, really set our season up from there. Um, so I'm not, look, we're going to be, we're, we've defied the odds at, at different times this year and um, and done and done fine. And we're going to the finals no matter what. And we're going to the finals in, re- in a really good position. Um, so I'm not, like, I'm not complaining. I'm just, I just find it interesting and somewhat frustrating um, that we are having to deal with this again. This kind of just... It just seems like a little bit of a bind. Look, it's been a weird season for everyone. Um, and, you know, a lot of teams have had to contend with these kind of weird fixture things. It's just, it is a bit, little bit of an unfair swing that, um, you know, Port couldn't, Port couldn't cop a home game, a home game, well, somewhat, someone else's home game at Adelaide Oval so we could get that same kind of benefit that the Crows did. Um, look, it is what it is. Uh, we've got to contend with it and just deal with it. But um, it is just one of those, another unfortunate little part of being part of the AFL and a club like Port Adelaide that, um, you know, everyone loves them being in the league for their history and all those things, but we still, um, unfortunately, don't get the benefit, some of the benefits um, from the AFL as well. So, uh, is what it is. Um, so yeah, uh, it's Port Collingwood. Unfortunately, it is a way. Ga- it is a Monday night game. It'll be, uh, um, it'll be an interesting one. Um, but uh, yeah, it is Port Collingwood away from Adelaide Oval. So. Up in Queensland, so we'll deal with it. And um, yeah, look, we're going to be uh, hopefully playing at Queen Queensland again at the end of the end of October. So um, you know, the, we'll be going in for some home finals anyway, and then that's wonderful. And maybe, who knows if AFL might have considered that as part of the consideration that oh, they're probably going to get a home final anyway. But still, shouldn't have, shouldn't take away from the fact that the members deserve because you know the final is going to be paid for. And members still deserved another chance, um, I think. So is what it is. Um, speaking of memberships, I'm just going to finish off with uh, this last few minutes of the pod by talking about we did get um, the membership total updates um, this week uh, about where all teams have headed this year. It's, it was an interesting table to read. Look, um, <laughs> assuming that the, uh, the uh, memberships were all, you know, real human memberships and there were no pet ones, it looks like the Crows... The Crows membership total was only at fifty four thousand, so I'm assuming that they take took all the pet and pet ones away. Um, but uh, it's an interesting table to see because we saw that um, uh, for the first time in a while, Richmond got knocked off the top by the West Coast, um, breaking that magical hundred thousand uh, barrier uh, with an incredible leap in memberships. Um, I wanted to talk about the West Coast one first, and this is I'm done no reading into why maybe that they've um, 
add, managed to add another 10,000 odd fans to a 90,000 90, members already from last year. It's um, phenomenal, really. Um, I wonder what kind of drive made that. And I want. It did make me think. And this is just a cynical part of me. Was there a bunch of fans that jumped onto a membership once they thought that maybe maybe Western maybe Western Australia was going to get a grand final, um, and they were thinking the West Coast would get in there? I don't know. Um, it 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 doesn't it doesn't really make even sense in my head. But that was my first cynical thought, and that's just me being a um, cynical um, not cynical, just a snarky fan, uh, thinking there was a bunch of West Coast fans that had jumped on hoping that they'd get themselves in the draw for a grand final ticket because it was going to be at home and then thinking that it was going to be at Optus when they thought that uh, but it ended up at the Gabba, so it hasn't worked out for them. Uh, that was just me um, being a bit of a snarky, snarky bastard thinking that. But um, it is an incredible jump in memberships for West Coast and uh, it, it's really it's crazy to see that, you know, between the Western Australian clubs, they've got 150,000 members between their two clubs. Um I can't can't say anything about that. It's actually really like oh, assuming their numbers are there's no pet memberships in that one. That would be really embarrassing if it came out that that was it. You know, um, but you know, seeing Richmond knocked off their throne, they still got a hundred thousand fans. I think they dropped off by a couple percent, maybe. Um, but uh, yeah, West West Coast, Gold Coast, and St Kilda had a significant bump in their memberships uh, this year. Which is, you know, good. You know, I'm quite critical of the AFL and the expansion clubs in GWS and the Gold Coast, but. Um, wanting to just see the AFL do well, and if these clubs are going to be around, and um, then they might as well do well. Um, it's good to see um, both Gold Coast and GWS bumping their numbers a little bit. Um, significant one I'd already mentioned um, that Essendon had a downturn of twenty six percent. I believe Melbourne lost twenty nine percent of their members. I think they were up around sixty thousand, <laughs> or over sixty thousand. They dropped down to forty thousand members. Um, which just shows like they had a significant, and you know the the context of that Melbourne bump is you know they had a really really wonderfully surprising season in what was that twenty eighteen, I want to say when they um, finished was it they oh, finished top four maybe got through to the prelim I can't honestly remember exactly but you know they would have taken a significant membership bump um, from that so last year then that membership bump comes into last year and they go up to sixty thousand members and they haven't. God awful year um, last year in comparison to where their expectations were, um, and then obviously the double whammy of that and the, that crashed back down to earth for Melbourne fans who thought they might be might have been heading to a, a premiership. Um, going into this year, they've had a season that's gone. Oh shit! It's all back to back down to earth again, and then um, like obviously COVID hit. So there's that double whammy, and I think that accounts for a lot. I think there's a fair bump in a fair bump down in the numbers because of the fact that their team kind of crashed back down to earth a little bit. And then obviously the COVID downturn as well has um, made a lot of clubs hit, has just hit a lot of clubs and membership numbers. But really pleasing to see that, um, and Keith Thomas sent out an email to members today, and it's on the website and stuff, you can read it, um, saying how pleased the club was that they had 96% of members uh, pledged their membership at the start of the year. You know, I, now I'm a, I'm, I'm on a limited membership anyway because I work a lot of weekends and I just can't make games. But I'm looking to change that as I change my situation a little bit over the next year or so But and get to more games. But it's just been what it is the last few years, doing a lot of weekend work. It just wasn't financially um, uh, financially smart to have an 11-game membership when I could only get to three or four a year anyway. 
Um, so I, I was in a lower tier of membership anyway. And it's not done, doesn't cost a lot. And it's been something since I set it up years back that um, it just gets taken a little bit out of my account each month. Like just 10 months of the year, I just get a little bit, just like a little payment and it just goes out without me knowing. And uh, they send me a text saying, oh, it's coming out. I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, port membership, little little payment going out. You know, it's a couple of coffees a month really. And so from that standpoint, I was already like, I don't even notice this thing going. So, um, and when port, it, it was never a question to me that when this all this stuff happened, I was like, no, nah, just leaving. And that's my wife's membership um, and the other half of the Creed, um, co-founder of the Creed with me. Um, she, her membership, um, she's been stuck in the US this year with everything going on, um, but she's, she, we both just, just like, no, just leave it. Like it's donate the club. If we can, like, if we, I don't have any problem with anyone that was in fiscal, uh, you know, fiscal stress uh, that needed that money, and because of the the fact they weren't going to be going to games anyway, went okay. Well, I need to need to get a refund. Nothing against that. Nothing against it at all. Everyone's financial decisions, whatever it is for the betterment of your own situation, is absolutely fine. Um, but for me, I was in the position that. Um, I, like I'm not not well off, but I was just and, you know with everything going on, luckily I was in a position enough to just be able to leave that with the club and just say, yeah, no, look, the club's going to be struggling as well with everything going on and with being very well publicised. And every league around the world has been bleeding money, and you know TV contracts are being torn up by different things and all those things. So I was just like, you know, look, this is the little, this is a drop in the ocean for the club probably, but. Um, every little bit helps and I thought just it's a donation to the club if nothing else this year if I don't get anything else out of this year if I don't get to a game and honestly in March um, late March I was thinking I'm not going to see any live sports for the rest of the year so already had a bonus of the fact that leaving my membership with them meant that when suddenly this chance to go to footy uh, came back I was able to do that and take advantage of the fact that my membership was with the club and I could get to games and you know going to my third game this year against Essendon so really um, lucky in that sense but um, it was really pleasing to see that um, Keith, the email he sent out today, just how, how many fans did leave there. Um, and I'm sure it was a hard decision for those that had did take it away. Um, but I'm really happy to say, just proud of all you true believers out there that um, left your memberships with the club. Um, and I'm prou- proud of anyone that's um, supporting the club through this time. Even if you had to make the tough decision to um, reduce your membership because of um, any financial stress, proud of you guys as well. Whoever's um, still support. Stuck through the club, no matter how you have. Um, but f- you know, if you have been able to leave your membership with the club, that's been really great. And um, I think Keith Thomas's email today really um, exemplified that by um, really showing that appreciation. And it's really cool to see as well, um, as a side note to the membership, just how well uh, merchandising has gone this year for the club. Obviously, we had the um, prison bars jersey come out this year for the um, that was meant to be worn twice, but unfortunately, um, only got to be seen once. Um, in that wonderful showdown win, but you know those flew off the shelves, and um, I haven't seen them. I've been go to the port store pretty regularly. I haven't seen them in the store for a while now. Um, the, the the AFL versions, anyway. They got the, the lace up ones in there, um, but yeah, I haven't seen those ones in the, on the shelves for a while. So, been really cool to see that they've been. I think over two million in um, jersey sales, and really, really just the merchandise. The merchandise has looked great this year, and um, and it's a something that you see from a lot of teams around the world and clubs around the world that really hammer home having different, you know, just really, it's a, it's a marketing thing and it is a business thing that um, make trying to get people to buy jerseys um, as much as they can every year is, is a significant part of, um, of making a team fiscally 
uh, fiscally supported. So it's been great to see that um, the merchandise has been flying off the shelves and the club's been uh, benefited with that. And um, it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things that's going to get us through. And um, there's a great deal at the store now too that you can go get and get three kits for the price of two, basically. I think $200 will get you three jerseys if you get down there. It's in-store only, but um, that's really cool to see. I'm not at all sponsored by the store, by the way. It's just I was just down there taking advantage of it today. So I um, just thought I'd put that out there for anyone that does have the uh, opportunity to go to the store and um, ability to spend that kind of money. Um, you get, um, I think it's like you mix a couple of kits. You can get one of the training training jerseys, which look bloody great, the ones with the PA on there. And then you can get one of the Aways or um, the Indigenous kit. And then a home kit for um, two hundred bucks, um, which you know at a regular retail would be, yeah, three hundred fifty dollars. So it's a significant, significant saving there if you want to boost your jersey collection there. And they've got a lot of other good shirts and whatnot with the one fiftieth logo on there. So um, I went down there and spent too much money again today, but happy to say it's a, it's good to, for it to support the club. And I'm pretty sure if you rang up the port store as well. Um, even if you couldn't get down there physically, they'd help you out by maybe doing an over-the-phone purchase and getting it sent out to you. So there's options there to support the club and, you know, purchasing at the store leaves it with the club and that's a great thing. So, um, but yeah, it's really cool to see that uh, email from Keithy today and, um, you know, he's done a great job at the club and um, just um, showing that appreciation to the members once again. It's member rec- recognition around this weekend, I think. I think they're doing some competitions on the on the port app to win signed jerseys, and I think someone's going to get a car, um, which I hope it's me. But um, <laughs> it's just I think it's one of the me- I think it's a members draw or something. Hopefully, I don't have to do anything to get into it. I just assume as a member, I'm in the draw. Um, so hopefully, that's all it is. Otherwise, I'm yeah. Some a member is going to get an MG, which is cool. Um, don't know anything much about the company apart from that they've got they've on our jersey now. So that's uh, cool things coming out of the club, despite this year. And what it has been, you know, obviously on field has been going um, great regardless of the um, obviously rough, rough year that 2020 has been um, for humanity. But our, our team performance has been uh, keeping us going and, and, and it's good to see that off field, despite all the challenges that have been presented to the AFL this year and a lot of the clubs that um, our membership totals uh, stayed pretty pretty good considering and uh, and the merchandise has really boosted us this year. Um, with some nice jerseys out there and the 150th logo, despite everything, um, is has made this year of celebration still um, wonderful for us Port fans and um, hopefully it's a year that keeps on going with some celebrations. Um, one final note I'd like to make on the membership numbers is, you know, the Crows have always been ahead of us in membership numbers, which I just put down to plainly that, one, they were first team in the AFL and two, they're drawing from an entire fan base of the South Australian population that is basically... Anyone who doesn't like Port Adelaide, um, which is you know, most of the rest of the SNFL, could jump on the Crows happily. And um, so Port Adelaide's always been fighting against, you know, the, the giants. You know, it's a David versus Goliath thing um, in South Australia as far as that kind of dynamic goes. And we're only, we're only 8,000 odd members off of the Crows. So when you think about the kind of um, challenges Port Adelaide has to face and being in a two si- two-team city, where um, one team kind of markets itself to everyone and one team just stands proudly under its own traditions, I think we can be really proud of where Port Adelaide's at. You know, Crows are always going to be ahead of us in numbers like that because it's just it's just the advantage they've been given by the AFL and, and the SNFL by being given the keys to everything and Port Adelaide just has to utilise their city and their culture and their tradition and because the city of Port Adelaide 
and the area of Alberton and their culture and traditions are so strong, we bridge that gap. It is a true David versus Goliath battle, and we're we're always with we're, we're still here throwing rocks and 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 standing up to Goliath. So I'm really proud uh, proud of that as a Port Adelaide fan and man and just uh, i think that's something that you can be proud of is like you know the raw numbers always people you know crows fans will just say oh we've got more members it's like of course you do because you got a bunch of bunch of people that don't really care but you know port adelaide's true cultural traditions um stand tall and it's really cool to see so um great great stuff out of the memberships and um yeah really proud of all the port members out there that stuck uh, and all the port fans that have stuck by the team this year in trying times and put their money towards the club in any and and their sport towards the club in any way they can, even if they've just bought a pint at the club at some point or anything like that, um, everything helps. But even just even just being a supporter is, um, if nothing else, if you can't if not, you can't um, afford anything else but just to throw your support behind the team, it's all it all means something. So uh, really good to see. Um, and yeah, well let's hope we've got another win in the bag um, by about this time on Saturday night. And uh, we'll be talking. I'll come back with the review um, early next week. Um, and hopefully getting a guest on for the first time. Um, you know, I've just put done a couple of podcasts this week to get the feed going, um, but I don't like talking to myself for too long because um, apparently that's an insane thing to do. So um, it's certainly the plan with the, this feed is to start getting some interviews, some guests, um, some regular contributors, and um, really, really start bringing some different content to the feed. So, yeah, this week's just been me, my my voice. So I apologize for that, everyone. Um, but yeah, we'll be getting getting more stuff going soon. But this has been um, a somewhat uh, tired preview uh, for me. Now that it's eleven thirty at night, um, didn't didn't probably uh, be as coherent as I usually would like. But I uh, got what I wanted done, and um, really, really just basically wanted to say I think we'll win comfortably. And um, yeah, well done to the members. So let's go. Let's get into this weekend, and let's go for another port win. That's the Alberton wrap out. Cat dog.